Hey friend, you're listening to Life Coach In Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey friend, welcome back to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey, or as Casey Thornton calls me, Rach. Rach. <laughs> which we'll explain that later. Oh my God. I'm so excited you're here, Casey. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Rachel. It's, um, it's so awesome to be reconnected with you and I'm really excited for this today. Me too. I'm going to kind of read people your bio so they can get to know you a little bit and then I'll explain how we know each other, which is, I think, a fun story. So Casey is a leadership life and business strategy coach. He's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs get clarity and commitment to creating the life of their dreams. With a deep study of personal development and professional certification in neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, and hypnotherapy, Casey packs the perfect balance of practical knowledge and real-life experience. As the former lead coach of multiple high-level masterminds, Casey's mission is to help people discover the purpose and passion that is already on the inside of them unveil it to the world, and create a significant impact along the way. Casey served in the U.S. Navy for five years as a helicopter rescue swimmer, competed on season seven of American Ninja Warrior, which I think is so cool, by the way, (laughs) and is sold out for unapologetically pursuing his passions and helping others do the same. So, yay, Casey! You're yeah, so awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. I, I've, I'm on fire just from having our conversation before this recording, and I can't wait to just to unleash it. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so really quick, I'm going to give people some background on how we met. So Casey and I actually met at a life coaching conference in 2017. Yeah. Was, yeah. You were a coach at this event, yes? Yes. Um, I, I think I was one of the leaders. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about this story. So um, yeah, so I was one of the leaders at this at this live event. And um, you want to tell the story? Sure, I will tell it. I will tell it. So I, first of all, was not a life coach at this time. This is like what started it all for me as getting my life coaching journey off the ground. Okay, so it was 2017 and I was, I had done a five-day class with this life coaching company and they were going to have a live event a couple months later. So I was like, I really want to go. Like I'm at this point in my life where I really need changes and I really need to just figure something else out because my life isn't working. And so I go to this live event. Hey, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because I, my first impression of you, do you remember my first impression of you? Uh, I think you thought I was a really angry person or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You just seemed so serious and so 
I probably was. Intense? Yeah. So I don't know anybody in this room. There's like a room full of hundreds of people. I don't know anybody. I'm just like there from Northern California. Everyone else is from Southern California. I get to San Diego. I walk in. You walk right up to me and you're like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, hey. And then, <laughs> hey. And then you're like, so when in your life did you decide that you were responsible for everybody else? It was like my first interaction with you. <laughs> I have had never had coaching in my life. Oh, and I was like, it seriously gut punched me. I was like, what? <laughs> Is that not normal? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's just my norm. And yeah, it was, you were great though. You were such an amazing, amazing coach to me. Like you really made sure I was okay all weekend and that I was getting the learnings all weekend and you kept coming in to check in on me. And I remember at one point I looked at you during this event, we had like a, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of like a confession time mm. to stand up and say like what we needed. And that was not something I'd ever done was stand up and say what I needed in front of a room full of people. And I just looked at you and you gave me this like nod, like you can do this, you've got this. Mm. And you came over to me and you're like, you're going to do it. And I stood up in front of the room and told everybody my story and why I was there. I still remember I was like shaking and was like, I'm, I feel lost in life and I need help and I need support and I need change and I need it today because we're supposed to go home tomorrow and I don't want to go home. And I'll never forget, you were just a champion for me from the very beginning. And you're like, you've got this, Rach. <laughs> Wow. That's, I, you know what, Rachel, I'm so glad you reminded me of that. Cause I mean, you're going to make me cry, but it's just, yeah. it's so funny to think back just how far we go back. And, um, you know, I think I've learned a little bit about being tactful <laughs> and getting <laughs> feedback. Oh yeah. For sure. I, I was a little, I was a little bit more direct and straight to the point at the yeah. time. Um, but you know, it's just, it's so awesome to look back over the last few years and see how far both of us have come, um, on this journey and, and just to see you stepping out and just unleashing your gift, your, um, passion of coaching to the world. And it, it's just, it's so surreal to be here right now. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that memory. And I know you had nothing but love for me and I needed it to be that direct. I totally believe in God just giving people exactly what they need when they need it. And that's what I needed. So it was perfect. It was excellent. And I'm so glad you're in my life. This is so fun that we're doing this. Okay. Well, one of the things that I was really excited to have you on the show to talk about was kind of you served in the U.S. Navy for five years mm -hmm. as a helicopter rescue swimmer. And then you kind of transitioned into civilian life as a veteran. What was that transition like? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because we all go through these phases in life, right? Where we're, we have to go through a transition or we have to make a change. I just told my story about not wanting to go back to an old life and need, seeing a need for change in my life. Right. What was that transition like for you? Right. Yeah. So when I was in the Navy, you know, I was serving as a tactical helicopter crewman and rescue swimmer. And it was something it was, a, I felt like it was a significant accomplishment in my life. And it was something that I was really proud of. And at the same time, 
um, my entire identity was wrapped up in my job, in that status, in the title of being a rescue swimmer, of being a helicopter crewman, right? And so as I was transitioning out of the military and I didn't have that title to hold on to anymore, I started to find that I didn't really know who I was without it. And, and I think that a lot of this happens to a lot of us where our entire identity can be wrapped up in a job or a title or a status. And it almost becomes an idol in our life. And, and my whole identity being wrapped up in those gold air crew wings that I wore on my chest. And so transitioning out of the military, it was really a journey of trying to, to figure out and discover who I am. And, you know, this is what led me into the process of personal development and getting into coaching and, you know, ultimately finding that realization that my identity is not in what I do. It's not in a job. It's not in a status. It's not in a title. It's not in any of my accomplishments or achievements in my life, but my identity is in who I am and who God says I am. Mm. Yeah. That is so powerful. And Casey, we use this term in life coaching, you're my mirror, which basically means I see in you the struggles in me. And you are my mirror in a lot of ways, Casey, because I, that was my whole story. I put my identity in accomplishments and achievements. To me, it was a mask. It was like, here is my title. Please don't look any further than that. Um, and I actually haven't shared any of this on podcasts before, but I think that's why I became so addicted to accomplishments is just, I just wanted people to see that and nothing else when they looked at me. And when you're talking about getting your identity wrapped up in your career, I can so relate for me. It was, what was my title? What was my position? What was my certification at the time that I could just hang on the wall and kind of disappear and not have to get real with people or get real with myself. Right. Right. And I, and I think that, you know, it can even sometimes serve as a mask, right? You know, a position or a title, it's something that reflects um, outside external mm -hmm. accomplishments, achievements, but um, can actually serve as a barrier preventing us from really connecting with people because people don't relate to our accomplishments and our achievements, right? People relate to our struggles mm. and the things that we've been through. And I think these are the things that really create intimacy with other people. And it's okay to have accomplishments. I'm not saying that those are bad, uh, but at the, at the same time, pe people are inspired by our accomplishments when they can relate to our struggles. Right. And it becomes, a, it becomes a posture of, you know, wow, this person has accomplished so much. And if they went through that to get there, and I can relate to that person, that means that I can do it too. And so I think it's, I think it's important to, to share our accomplishments through the lens of our struggles and the things that we've overcome, because the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word, spoken word of our testimony. So when our accomplishments become a testimony of the struggles, that's the things that people that relate to and it, it's just an opportunity for us to be vulnerable and inspire other people to say, you know what? They did it. I can do it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just got full body chills when you said that. That was just such a powerful word. And, you know, we put our worth in who we are at the core, who God says that we are at the core. 
God doesn't see, oh, wow, good job. You know, Casey, you've been on America. It's Ninja Warrior. (laughs) Your best life accomplishment. It's like he sees who we are at the core and loves us for who we are, um, not our status. So when you say you had to come home and kind of find yourself or find that you weren't your career, tell me more about what that was like. Right. I mean, this is really ultimately what led the entire journey of personal development and, you know, getting into coaching was I knew that having served five years in the military um, and being told what to do every day and how to do it and um, how to live my life, I decided, you know what, I don't want to be told what to do anymore. I don't want to work for anybody. Like I want to get into business. Right. And so it was ultimately that, you know, that same coaching company where you and me met at that led me down this journey of discovering um, what it is, you know, figuring out who it, who am I? I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what it is that I stand for. I don't know what the thing is that I want the world to know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you and I actually went through this entire coaching certification program together. And, and it just led us down this journey of, of discovering that one of the things that I'm the most passionate about is helping other people discover their passion, their purpose, the, you know, what ignites that fire on the inside of them and discovering, you know, what are their gifts, what are their talents and what are the things that God has ordained and called them to do and helping them to step into their purpose. And for a while it was, it was difficult because it's like, well, I'm really passionate about helping other people find their purpose, but I don't ultimately know what my purpose is yet. You know, I'm helping other people along the way. And I think sometimes that can um, get in the way as, as coaches, as we feel this imposter syndrome of, Mm. of, you know, I'm helping other people have success in their life, or I'm helping other people have success in their business. But you know, what do I have to show for it? Right. And, and that was definitely um, a, a process. And I would say it's, it's only been within the last year or maybe even the last six months where I've really started to get significant clarity on my ultimate purpose or figuring out what, a, you know, what is or God ordaining me to do? What is, what is the tribe that I'm meant to build or what is the movement that I'm meant to create? And had I not gone through this process of helping so many other people, um, lift and elevate them to, you know, to step into their purpose. I don't think I would have been um, ready to to handle what I feel like God is leading me into now in this season. Yeah, absolutely. What um, I just want to acknowledge in you, Casey, like what I see is one of your greatest strengths is what we were kind of like joking and laughing about, but it really is your strength. Um, you know, there's a passage in the Bible that says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Mm-hmm. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Right. I see you as a sword. And I mean that as a, the biggest compliment in the world. You just cut right to the root of people's issues and you don't mince words, you don't pull punches, and you say, this is the truth. You speak truth. That is your ultimate gift. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. 
You're welcome. That just came to me. I was like, you have to know, you have to see it. You're the, you're the truth sayer. Right. In people's you know, lives. I, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, and I, I think it's also, it's been a process of learning to speak the truth in love. Yeah. Right. Cause the Bible also says, um, you know, if we don't have love, we have nothing. And so, and so it is an art as people who are life coaches or business coaches or whatever type of coach, we have to learn to speak that truth, but do it in a way that's tactful, that to do it in a way that is loving. The person feels loved. They feel understood. They feel seen, heard, and known. Um, and, and that was definitely a process that I had to learn to overcome when it comes to coaching is building the rapport first, building up that trust. Um, and you know, it's not like <laughs> looking back, I don't, I don't regret being a little bit more blunt and direct, um, in the past, but I think I've definitely learned to, uh, you know, build that trust first. And that actually makes people more open and receptive to receiving the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're amazing at rapport, by the way. And I never felt anything but loved by you. Just so you know, I knew that you were saying these things to me because you loved me ultimately and wanted me to make changes in my life. That's a true friend right there. <laughs> right. It's like we we heard that analogy of the person with like lettuce in their teeth. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's two types of friends out there, right? It's like the person that, you know, your friend that you have lettuce in your teeth and they don't say anything because they're, you know, they're afraid of like offending you or like hurting your feelings or whatever. And then you just go out the rest of the day with lettuce in your teeth. Right. But then there's the other type of friend that says, you know what? You have lettuce in your teeth. And I care about you enough to tell you right now because I don't want you to look like um you know silly yeah. with lettuce in, having lettuce in your teeth all day exactly no I love it well I actually left out a part of your bio that I think is really important and we've kind of been talking about some spiritual concepts and some bible verses one thing I wanted to mention for our listeners who don't know you yet is that you currently serve in ministry at messenger international as a creative collaborator between the creative and marketing departments. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show, Casey, is because you are an NLP coach. Yet first, I'd say first and foremost, you're a Christian. And you easily right. and effortlessly hold these two identities, right? It is who you are. Right. Sometimes for me, and I'll just be vulnerable and honest, I find, and maybe this is a projection, that Christians are a little uneasy with NLP, life coaching, um, and I'm not sure where exactly that comes from. I think it's I think it's coming from a Are you putting your faith and trust in something other than God? Maybe. Right. So I would love to kind of get your perspective as a Christian NLP coach. How do you hold your Christianity and this NLP coaching at the same time? Right. I mean, I think that, you know, sometimes words have negative connotations or associations with the, with, with them in people's minds. Right. So for example, when we talk, when we say the word prosperity, you know, the word prosperity is not inherently bad, but for a lot of Christians, it might have a negative connotation or association with, you know, prosperity gospel and some prosperity preachers that are saying like, Hey, if you give a, give a gift of $777 today, we're going to bless you and you're, and you know, you're going to be healed of your cancer, right? That's bad. 
And, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that the word prosperity in it of itself is bad. And God wants us to prosper. The God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, right? So um, sometimes I think just like that word, there's other words that may have a negative association or context associated with them, you know, like life coaching. Um, and people may think it may be associated with something that's a little bit, you know, spiritual or woo-woo or putting their faith and hope in something other than Jesus Christ. And I think it's important for us to really deconstruct what these, uh, what these words really mean and apply it in a Christian context because the principles are not necessarily inherently bad or wrong. It's just as Christians, we need to have discernment about you know, how do we apply this in the Christian context and through the lens of faith in Jesus Christ first and foremost? Yeah, absolutely. And that is one thing that I really came to terms with when I was understanding NLP and coaching is like, I see us as uncertified brain doctors in a way. I mean, we're certified because we're certified in NLP, right? But I'm using the word doctor obviously very loosely. But we're, we help people with their brain. And you wouldn't hesitate to go to a doctor. You wouldn't hesitate to go to a therapist. You wouldn't hesitate if you got a bad health report to go start going to the gym. So I see us as being very practical and pragmatic solutions for people in their life. Right, right. I mean, so do you want to elaborate a little bit on you know, NLP, and then I can kind of touch on how we do, how yeah. we apply it as on a, in a Christian context. Absolutely. So NLP, I guess I haven't even said the full term monology yet, but it stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And what this means basically is your brain has neurology in it. It has pathways in your brain where we run trigger patterns all the time. When your alarm goes off in the morning, there's different types of people, right? There's the type of person that jumps out of bed because it's a trigger response. There's a type of person that reaches over and presses snooze because it's a trigger response. These are all wiring in the brain. Some people think like, oh, it's my personality. Well, it's really not. It's just what you've trained your brain to do when it hears that sound. So when I think of NLP, I think of kind of going into the brain, looking at these different neuro connections, the different pathways and seeing how are things connected, where are you getting your result from? And then as an NLP coach, using language, that's the second word, neuro-linguistics, using our language to reprogram the brain so that if you want to be the person that hears your alarm and jumps out of bed, you can because we just install that new program. So what did you hear, Casey, in all of that, what I just said? Right. I mean, what I heard is that this this word neuro-linguistic programming, it's quite a mouthful, right? But when, you know, when I deconstruct what it actually means, um, I see it as a model. Neuro-linguistic programming is a model for modeling excellence in communication and behavior. Um, you know, when we look back at actually what, how NLP was constructed was it was a model that modeled two excellent communicators. So we had um, the first was Virginia Satir. She was a world-renowned marriage and family therapist. And what she did very well in her communication and helping her clients was getting down to the root cause of what was actually causing issues in people's relationships and their marriage, 
um, or with their kids, right? A lot of times the issue that we think is the issue or the problem is not actually what the real problem is, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, on the surface, and you know, we, we see this all the time in studies of interpersonal communication is that we all carry lenses through which we see the world. And what she was very skilled at was helping people get down to the root cause, the root issue of what the actual problem was behind the relationship, the things that go unspoken, right? So, um, and then the other excellent communicator was after Milton Erickson, and Milton Erickson was a world-renowned uh, hypnotherapist. And I think as Christians, we get like really weirded out by this, by the word hypnosis. We think it's like some kind of mind control or uh, maybe it's a little bit in the occult. But the reality is that we're all being hypnotized all the time. And what hypnosis actually is, is focused attention, right? So I don't know if you've ever um, been watching a movie and found yourself getting really um, emotional right? It's because our brains don't know the difference between pretend and reality. So effectively, when we're watching a movie and we're feeling all these emotions, it's because we're so focused that we're actually experiencing the movie as though we're living it. And that is a form of hypnosis in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all being hypnotized all the time. It's, it's just how do we focus and direct our attention. And what Milton Erickson was really, really good at was um, being artfully vague in his communication and in his language. Um, because um, I don't know, have you ever experienced like somebody nagging you? Yeah, yeah. Right, it, like sure. it, gets, it gets really annoying because, yeah. um, you know, like when your parent or whoever nags you, it gets really annoying because they, we feel like they, do, they don't understand us, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes, mastering this art of being artfully vague in our communication it allows people to fill in their own meaning in their own context so it doesn't feel like somebody's being nagged and that's what this whole process of hypnotherapy is and we see it all the time in excellent communicators that may be using some of these nlp concepts that don't even know that they're using them right so for example a politician who uh you know uses a campaign slogan that's as vague as possible. Uh, we see it all the time. And, and that allows people to fill in their own meaning so that it creates the, the most agreement as possible over the largest group of people. I totally get that. I think an example of people are like, huh, what is, think of a, a political campaign that you've seen, right? Hope, change. These are things that we don't have any specificity about what we should be hopeful about or what is changing yet it allows people to say yeah i want change awesome we're all in agreement that we want change that's what casey's talking about on these billboards right right and yeah. and you know, back to your point of you know the spirituality behind it and how some christians might be turned off you know i think that we can really remove the whole spiritual component of it because the Bible says that the power of death and life is in the power of the tongue mm -hmm. and communication is just a tool that can be used for good or it can be used for bad. Just like money. Money is a tool that can be used for good or bad. There's nothing inherently bad. It's the context in which we use it that makes it good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. That's just something that I had to learn, right? Is like 
these things aren't inherently good or bad. We're using them. It's the intention behind it. You, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you was what can Christians receive when you're saying modeling for modeling excellence in behavior and communication? Can you give us some examples of what does that actually mean? Right. So I come from a little bit more of a charismatic Christian background, and I definitely believe, you know, that there are, that the devil is real and that there are demons. And sometimes as Christians, we can be attacked spiritually. And I believe in spiritual warfare. Um, But the Bible also says to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to, I heard this analogy from, you know, another Christian that um, is very well versed in NLP and life coaching and very, very highly trained. And he gave me this analogy when it comes to, um, if you think about a river and the river is flowing and the water, the river actually represents the life flow, right? Our flow of life or the flow from heaven or whatever it is that you want to call it. And, you know, imagine that there are bad guys, right? Standing on the sides of the banks and they're picking up these boulders and they're just throwing the boulders into the flow of the river. And, you know, you could come in and you can take out the bad guys, right? And you can make them leave or remove them. Or you could come in and you could grab the boulders and you can take them and throw them out. But if you don't remove the bad guys, the bad guys are just going to keep on throwing more and more boulders in, right? So the bad guys actually represent the demonic and spiritual warfare. Um, But the rocks actually represent the neuro pathways in our brain that, you know, the habits, the associations, the things that we've, you know, believed to be true, the inner vows, the things that we've spoken over ourselves. There's, even if we remove the bad guys and the demons that are oppressing us as Christians, we still have to do the work to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I think that life coaching and therapy can help us to do some of this work to remove the boulders and get that flow going back and, and reestablish the, the life flow, uh, you know, from heaven and, and get us operating in the way that God intended and designed us to be. Yeah. That is so powerful. I definitely could see that visual representation in my mind of, yes, we are told things from a young age, whether it be audibly or messagings that we received on accident Either way, it doesn't matter. An adult could have told you something directly that you took as truth or indirectly and you received a message that you took as truth and it's just a lie. For example, one of them was for me, um, it wasn't even an adult, it was a, a kid in second grade. One of the mean girls on the playground um, poked me in the belly in front of everybody and told me I was fat in front of all the kids in the class. Wow. And Yeah. I was seven, so I've already done the work (laughs) on this memory so I can laugh about it, yet that sent me on a spiral for years where I believed I was fat. Just because when you're ages zero to seven, you have no filter, you have no rational thinking brain development yet, and so everything that is told to you when you're navigating the world around you at such that young age, you're just receiving everything as truth. And it isn't true. And so I see like, right, she cast a boulder into my river and 
at that time, and I allowed it because I was so young and didn't reject it, right? And then it happened. Now, it's not just about me telling myself every day, I'm good enough. I'm worthy. I fit in here just as good as everybody else, right? Like I need to actually go into my brain or have a coach do that for me and release the negative emotions that I felt at that time and kind of erase the messaging that I received that this was true and make a new choice that it wasn't true at all. Right. Right. And, and I think sometimes as Christians, we, we tend to over-spiritualize things and, you know, see a demon behind every corner. But, but the reality is that some of this is not, is not demonic. It's just, I mean, it was demonic. It was put there demonically, right? Because Satan has an agenda. Um, but it's really our flesh and, and we can't cast out our flesh, right? Mm -hmm. We really have to do the work we have to partner with God. We have to partner with the Holy Spirit and pursue this process of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely see how the work that NLP coaches do that you're doing is really just to help people believe truth again in their life. And that brings me back to what I was saying before is that is your what you do, Casey, is that you help people, first of all, to see the truth and know the truth. And then you help them to believe the truth. That's what I see in you. Right. And I see that, I see that in you as well, Rachel. I mean, it's, it's just so awesome to look back and, you know, it, as a coach, what's so amazing. And I'd say the most rewarding thing about coaching is to see the ripple effect that, that we have, and it becomes something that's generational right? Like yeah. you, know, you make an impact on one person and you help uproot some of these belief systems or, you know, just limited ways of thinking that are getting in the way and not in alignment with God, who God says they are. And it's bringing heaven to earth. And then to see that person go out and then do the same with somebody else because they've been transformed. And it's not anything that we do in our own strength. It's not like we get the, get all the credit because, you know, there's nothing good that we can do without God. Right. But we get to be vessels. We get to be stewards of these gifts and talents that God has ordained us to do to then pass along and watch the ripple effect, um, take over in real time. And I want to say like, Rachel, you are the perfect example of that ripple effect. And it's not like I, you know, it's not like I take credit for everything that you've been doing, but it's just like that one little, that small piece of influence. And we get to look back and say like, I'm so glad I got to play a part and see what that person and what you are doing right now. Wow. Thank you. I'm getting choked up. I'm going to try not to cry. Thank you. That's so sweet. And I really received that. And it's been a long journey for me to get where I am mental health wise and emotional health wise. And you've seen it, how much I've grown in the past three years. And that is why I am so on fire and so passionate about this work, because if we can do the work, you and I can do the work, literally anyone can do the work and change their life and be whatever they want. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Boom. Casey, are there any last closing thoughts or words you'd like to share? I mean, if I, if I could leave 
uh, you know, people that are listening to this right now with, with anything, it would be, you know, I just want to encourage you to be open to experiencing everything that God has for you, right? We, sometimes we put so many limitations on ourselves or, you know, we think that we're not qualified because of things that we've done or, um, or, you know, sins that we've committed, um, or mistakes that have happened in our past. And the thing that I've experienced with the, with the transformative like power of this type of work is to take our biggest failures and turn them into opportunities to turn them into testimonies Mm. that really reflect the goodness, the character of God, because we get to look back and say, this is where I was and this is where I am now. And that everything points to Jesus, right? So, Mm. so for Christians, you know, I know that there, like, there may be this negative association when it comes to life coaching, um, or putting our faith and hope in something other than Jesus Christ. But what I want to, what I want to um, implore you, or maybe challenge that perspective a little bit, is by doing this work, it's an opportunity to give glory to God. So as long as we're looking through the filter of putting our faith and hope in Jesus first, He wants us to be healed. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to see ourselves in the image and likeness of him. And I can't think of any better way to really discover who we are in Christ than to partner with Rachel or to partner with a life coach who is skilled at drawing these gifts and talents that are already on the inside of you out so that you can fully step into the person that God has designed you to be. Wow. Casey, thank you so much. That's I really want people to receive that message too. It's as we, you've said, and I've said, you and I have both on our own individual journeys, we've grown so much into the identity that God already had for us at the very beginning. And I didn't know what was on the other side for me. I just knew that I wanted change and started doing the work every day. Yeah. Thank you so much, Casey. So One of the things I always like to ask all of my guests is obviously you are an expert in coaching and I'd love to know what are some inspired action steps that you'd like to leave listeners with today? Right. I think a lot of times as Christians, especially we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when it comes to discovering our purpose or our identity or what it is that God has called us to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to that, that scripture that I, that I spoke earlier was that ultimately in revelation, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the spoken word of our testimony. The amplified version includes the word spoken in there. Mm. And, um, and when it comes to discovering our life purpose and our calling and our assignment as Christians, um, one of the easiest ways to discover our life purpose is to take a look back and figure out what is our testimony. What are the things that we've overcome in our lives that make us who we are right now? And because of these things that we've overcome in our life, there may be something that we're emotionally charged about, that we can take a stand for, something that we want the world to know, 
because of what we've overcome in our life and because it's personal to us, right? Yeah. And so um, one of my mentors and coaches for myself has called this the three uh, S strategy. And the three S strategy stands for our story, right? Our testimony, the things that we've overcome, our stance, what do we stand for? What do we want the world to know? What's that thing that causes righteous indignation on the inside of us to actually do something about? And then the strategy for which we're actually going to implement that stance and get it out to the world. And that might be through a medium of a book. It could be through a podcast. It could be through, um, you know, your own Facebook live show. It doesn't matter. But ultimately, you are called by God to speak your testimony, to serve as a to serve as a vessel for other people, to point other people that are over that are going through the same struggles and the same strep same challenges and inspire them to know that they can overcome them too. So um, if I were to leave your listeners with the homework, it would be to do some reflection and figure out what is my story? What is it that I stand for? And what is the strategy for which I can start to implement that and get that message out to the world? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so good. You mind if I ask you for an example like, what is your story, stance, and strategy? Okay, so thank you so much for bringing this up, Rachel. I have, actually have a really good example. So I remember, um, you know, having a military background and, um, you know, going to school initially for engineering. It's like I never, in high school, I never took any art classes or theater or anything creative. I just labeled myself as not being a creative person, right? I just dismissed that completely. Yeah. And, um, and I, I remember as I was transitioning out of the military and trying, really trying to discover like who I am, what does God call me to do? Um, what is my purpose in this life? I remember um, picking up a copy of this book. It's called The Artisan's Soul by Erwin McManus, who's mm -hmm. the pastor of Mosaic Church in Los Angeles. And this guy is one of the most creative people at all time. And I remember reading the very first chapter in the book and it was talking about how, you know, there's a lot of Christians out there who have just labeled themselves and decided that they're not creative people. And, um, you know, ultimately we're all made in the image and likeness of God and God created everything. He created the heavens and the earth. And therefore by default, because you're made in his image, you are creative. And I just remember reading the book and I was just like, well, that's all I need. And I shut the book and I put it on a shelf and I never read the rest of the book because that was the turning point. That was where the entire paradigm shifted for me. And I began this process, process of trying to discover what is my creativity. Mm. And you know, from that, I could go really deep into a story about how I, you know, I did a creative internship and that's ultimately what propelled the way to me doing what it is that I do now because, uh, uh, you know, I, I made a connection with a mentor, with a person out of that creativity. It was birthed from the creativity. But now because of that, I have a stance. I truly believe that every single one of us is creative mm -hmm. and we can either be creatives in this world or we can be consumers. There's so much content. There's so much 
um, there, like there's podcasts and YouTube channels and, and Facebook and Instagram. And there's so many mediums of content that's just being streamed to us 24 seven that gets to determine the way that we think and we can choose to be consumers or we can choose to collaborate with God and be creatives and bring heaven to earth um, through our creativity. And so I truly believe that every single person is called to find that creative um, inspiration on the inside of them and bring it to the world. And I'm preaching right now, yeah, Rachel. Like, <laughs> on fire. And, and so my strategy for implementing that, and I'm really excited, I'm going to be launching a brand um, for creatives to step into that creativity, to discover the creativity on the inside. And that's my strategy for implementing what it is that I believe. Yes. Uh, oh, that was so good. I just, I just got fed. I'm like, sweet. Church was good. All right. Amen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was awesome. And so I hope that our listeners are hearing that you have a story and you have a stance something to take a stand against or take a stand for, and then you can implement a strategy. Um, tap into your creative self, get in the driver's seat and figure out how are you going to move this stance forward? Love it. Amen. Oh, so powerful. So good. Casey, thank you so much for your time, for coming on the show. I just really appreciate you, friend. I appreciate you too, Rachel. It's been a pleasure to have me on. Yeah. Um, really quickly, where can people find you? They're like listening to the show and they're like, yeah, Casey's awesome. How do I find him? How do I follow him? Thank you so much for asking. So people can, um, I'm working on getting this uh, personal brand and website um, up and launched and it's going to be ready within the next month or so. Um, but in the meantime, you can subscribe to get updates from me and follow me on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, period, Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N, zero, zero. Okay, cool. Casey.Thornton, zero, zero. Sweet. We will follow you and we'll be looking forward to your website. Awesome. Thanks, Rach. Thanks, Casey. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.